The Rookie Leaders Podcast, Episode 28, The Sage Mindset with Kyle Gillette. Welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast, the podcast of veteran leaders offering leadership lessons to newbies. Whether you're brand new to leadership or expanding your leadership responsibilities, this podcast will provide the knowledge and experience you need to lead courageously and effectively. This podcast is a production of the Credible Leadership Group, a coaching and consulting firm devoted to your leadership development, career advancement, and personal growth. Learn more at CredibleLeaders.com. So grab your notebook, a pen, and your bulletproof coffee as we explore the leadership lessons every leader needs to master. Now, here's your host, Michael Tanner. Well, hello everyone. Michael Tanner here, your host, and welcome to another episode of the Rookie Leaders Podcast. As always, I am thrilled that you're tuning in. I assure you, I don't take for granted the fact that you are spending time listening to me and the leadership content that we have to offer here at Rookie Leaders. So thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you have lots of other opportunity, lots of other content out there that you could be listening to. You've chosen to listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. Today, I have the privilege of sharing with you a great conversation I had with my new friend, Kyle Gillette. I'll give give you a little bit more background about him and what he does uh, in just a few moments. But before I get into that, let me share with you a few quick housekeeping items. As always, I'm going to ask you to subscribe to the podcast. If you are not already subscribed to the podcast, please do so. Uh, whatever podcast directory you choose to use, I assure you that you can find the Rookie Leaders podcast there. So be sure there you subscribe to the podcast so that you ensure you never miss a single episode Uh, from us. While you're there and subscribing to the podcast, we would love a rating and review of the podcast. As you can probably imagine, those ratings and reviews go a long way as it relates to serving up our content in searches uh, within those directories and all so that we can get this leadership content into the the ears and, and the minds and the hearts of many more leaders. So we greatly appreciate you subscribing as well as your ratings and reviews. And then also let me uh, share with you some information about the sponsor of today's podcast before we jump into my conversation with Kyle Gillette. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by CredibleTeams.com. At CredibleTeams.com, you can begin to build the teamwork that defeats all competitors. You see, teamwork is your only real competitive advantage. It's likely that in your industry, you have competitors that are developing similar products, solving similar problems, or serving their customers in similar ways that you are. Teamwork is the only real competitive advantage that you have. How effective your team can produce products, solve problems, and serve the customer is really the only advantage you have over those other competitors. And at CredibleTeams.com, you can begin the process of building championship-level teamwork such that you can defeat all of your competitors. At CredibleTeams.com, you'll start 
with our short 12-question quiz that will help you to identify the enemy that is destroying your teamwork. You see, there's four enemies to teamwork. And this short quiz will help you to identify which of those enemy your team is struggling with. Once you identify the enemy your team is struggling with, then you will receive specific feedback that will enable you to begin the process of eliminating that enemy of teamwork and begin to build the teamwork that is your competitive advantage. Head over to CredibleTeams.com right now and begin our quiz so that you can begin to build the teamwork that will defeat all of your competitors. So now with that, let's now dive into my interview with Kyle Gillette. Before I share that with you, let me give you a little bit of information about Kyle. Kyle Gillette is a small business consultant and coach. Uh, He helps his clients maximize their time and their talent so that they can achieve the freedom and the independence that they want. Uh, Kyle is the creator of the Sage Mindset Leadership Framework. Uh, He hosts the Sage Mindset Podcast, and he's an internationally certified coach. Uh, He resides in uh, Washington State with his wife and three daughters. He's an avid racquetball player. He spends his weekends hiking and biking and playing sports with his family. Uh, He can be found at GilletteSolutions.com, or you can visit his podcast, the the Sage Mindset Podcast. And I'll put links to both of those uh, in today's show notes for this particular podcast episode. You can find those show notes at CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 028, as in episode 28. CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 028 for the show notes for today's podcast and those links to connect with Kyle Gillette. Now, without further ado, let me head over to my interview with Kyle Gillette. Kyle, my friend, welcome to the Rookie Leaders Podcast. So good to have you on the podcast and share your content with my audience today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Michael? I am well. We just talked about uh, just before we hit the record button our weekend and some of the activities we have going on. Uh, my wife's got me doing some remodeling stuff. Sounds like your wife's got you doing some moving stuff. So uh, you've got uh, you you certainly got the got me there. I'm I'm just remodeling. You're re you're moving totally. So I know you're a busy man. I thank you for sharing some time with me uh, and my audience today. Uh, one of the things, Kyle, I wanted to do, I, I wanted to just kind of jump into exactly, uh, you know, what you're doing, especially with your podcast. I know you host a podcast called uh, the Sage Mindset Podcast. I know that's an acronym uh, and, and so forth. So I wanted you to kind of dive in for the audience here and talk about that podcast. What does Sage Mindset, what does that even mean? If you jump into that for us. Yeah, so... Sage Mindset is a, it's kind of an extension of my values. It's an extension of a lot of things that I'm doing, but the backstory goes all the way back to 2005. Uh, I was, I used to work at a men's mentoring program and and I'll I'll keep the story short, but um, it was one of those places in life where you feel very pulled to it. You feel very connected and it's, it's like the thing you're supposed to be doing. Uh, I went in for an interview for this program and the program was at a, at a farmhouse. It was built in 1885. So it's this perfect white square farmhouse on 20 acres of beautiful land in the middle of uh, California. And I walk up to the door and the two, two gentlemen that run the, 
one of the uh, nonprofit greet me. And it's, I walk into this, this space, that's this ugly blue carpet, this old TV entertainment center back when the TVs were actually like CRT TVs. And <clears throat> I see this ratty couch and I'm like, what am I stepping into? What's going on here? So I sit down into the couch for the interview and they're asking me a bunch of questions, but halfway through the interview, I feel like I'm just being pulled into the couch. Like I belong. Mm. I just felt like I belonged in the place. And then at the end of the interview, uh, they asked me if I wanted the job and I accepted it on the spot. So what that meant was I'd be living in this house with up to six other dudes and sharing a room with another guy to help these guys keep their lives on track. Mm. So what we taught there and what we helped the guys with was get their lives, get their lives on track and help them answer some key questions, Mm -hmm. which were, where am I? Where do I want to go and how do I get there? So fast forward about 10 years and I'm leaving the program to move to the Pacific Northwest. And as I'm leaving, I'm going, okay, if, if, we're going to leave this program and I'm going to leave all the impact that I had in this program. I need to do something else that's more impactful. I want to do something that's just as meaningful, but I wanted to move into business because in the interim, I had run a personal training business and I had succeeded at it. And so Mm -hmm. I got a taste of what it was to run a small business. And so we moved and I floundered around a little bit. And then one night, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, I wake up and I get this idea, this self-awareness, this word self-awareness comes to mind. And I'd already been working on coming up with an acronym for what my values were or what leadership was going to be, just a framework. And I woke up and I went, oh my gosh, that's it. It connected all the dots for me. Because ultimately when I got that word from three to seven in the morning, I was sitting at my kitchen table right now, all these ideas and it spelled out Sage, which is the name of the podcast. And then I was able to move forward from there. Excellent. So I, I can so totally empathize with you about this, this farmhouse and, and, you know, kind of that escape to that and getting these personal revelations from that. Um, my, uh, my family and, and also my wife's family, uh, grew up on a farm and, uh, mm-hmm. since married and all that, we, we've kind of moved away from that about an hour or so away from that. But anytime I can get back to that, I always feel like it's a bit of this escape and it gives me the space and the freedom to think and, and just to kind of the point you were making, I, I find myself again, uh, in, in those kind of settings. Uh, so I can so totally empathize with that. Now you mentioned Sage and this, um, uh, this acronym that, uh, that, that came to you. So if you could kind of walk through the acronym and the, the, the four elements of that acronym and, and kind of what does it mean for a person, uh, each of those elements? Yeah. So quick side note, I actually grew up on an orange farm in the middle of the Central Valley of California. So the farm life is definitely something that I identify with and the space of it and just yeah. the mentality of it. Yeah. Um, but SAGE stands for self-awareness, accountability, growth, and empowerment. And the theory behind it is that all great leaders are sage leaders. And so obviously there's a double meaning there with sage, which means wisdom. And the right. plant is, is really medicinal and has immunity properties, those types of things. So there's a lot, there's a lot of metaphorical meaning and double meaning, mm-hmm. but the acronym is what I run with. And the, the idea here is that when people apply the sage mindset and they make little mindset and behavioral shifts over time, they create massive change in their life. Mm-hmm. So the podcast is about interviewing people and talking about things that are the little shifts that we can make today that create massive change for the future. 
And they're focused on all four of those areas. And so it, it, it seems pretty broad, but ultimately uh, it's about mindset changes and behavioral changes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so, I mean, so self-awareness, accountability, growth, and empowerment. I definitely want to spend some time discussing with you the self-awareness aspect of, of that formula. Uh, but are there, is there one of the other three accountability growth or empowerment maybe that you'd want to elaborate on or go deeper into with the audience? Yeah. So I'll go through the other three for sure. So accountability, I, what I describe in the the course that I have and what I've described what accountability means is a lot, a lot of people get caught up on accountability. Like it's this bad thing or, or that they're, they've done something wrong. And what I mean by accountability is, is support surrounding yourself with people that are either at your level or above your level there. It's an elevation of who you are and an enhancement mm-hmm. and it's an integrity piece. It's a character piece. So what I talk about is the idea of an accountability pass and the idea is that past stands for passive, active self and stuff. Mm, <laughs> so it's okay. just a simple way for me to remember how to keep myself accountable and that keep others accountable. Mm-hmm. Passive is the idea that I tell you I want to write a book or I tell you I want to start a new program. I'm going to do a course. Uh, I want to start a business. Whatever the idea is, I tell a bunch of people about it and share with them. And because they care, they check back in. Mm-hmm. And so they're passively keeping me accountable, which is great. And it opens your opens you up to going, oh crap, Joe's going to ask me about what I said I was going to do. Right. So I better make some progress here. Mm-hmm. And it's a great way to keep yourself going. Then the active piece is literally asking someone to keep you accountable to a specific thing or set of things. Mm-hmm. So I have a buddy or two buddies that I meet with every Tuesday morning at 630. Now we finally get to meet at a coffee shop again, which is great. <laughs> but um, he, he literally created this three column, uh, what do you call it? Worksheet, I guess. Right. For me to fill in on a weekly basis because I asked him to keep me accountable to some business goals that I have. Mm-hmm. And so every Saturday I go into that sheet and fill it in. That's very active accountability on his part. Mm-hmm. I'm always active in my accountability because I'm ultimately responsible, but he stepped in and did some things for me and acted on it himself. Right. Then you have stuff, which is essentially your calendar, your to-do list, your alarm, your the contract you sign, that type of stuff. And lastly, is self, which is self-explanatory. Yeah. Ultimately, you and I are responsible for what we say we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good stuff. I, I uh, And I completely agree with you, especially around accountability. I do believe too many people view accountability as some type of punitive behavior, right? I've done something wrong, and now you're going to hold me accountable. And from a leadership standpoint, I think too many leaders also look at it as as a tactic by which they they keep people in alignment, if you will. Uh, and, and I don't view accountability in that manner at all, just much like you. I, I prefer, you know, a leader might ask me, well, how do I hold my people accountable? Um, and I will say to them, well, you really can't, right? And, <laughs> and secondly, you really shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't even want to view it that way. How do you hold your people accountable? Instead, what you want to create is you want to create this culture of accountability where everyone is holding everyone else accountable, right? This idea of one person holding everybody accountable for the sake of making sure they're all doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's just not a a realistic view of accountability nor a scalable view of accountability either. So I really like uh, what you're talking about there about the passive and the active, uh, but it's this idea of everybody holding everybody accountable 
either to the, the, the passive things. Hey, I said, I want to do this or, Hey, I made a commitment as a team player here. I made a commitment and, and you guys hold me accountable to that very actively. So I love that. What about growth and empowerment? What, what are your thoughts in those two areas? Yeah, the idea of, of growth is there's kind of two different approaches to growth. There's a there's a fixed mindset, which really isn't growth. It's the idea that if I <clears throat> get a F on a test or I fail at a business or the phone call that I have with the prospect doesn't go through, then then I'll, it'll never work out. Mm. There's not a there's not a, a shift in behaviors. There's not a shift in attitude, and so you stay fixed. And what happens with people that have that mindset? is they don't attempt things or they give themselves permission to quit before they even start. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a client the other day and <clears throat> after the about halfway through the conversation, he realized that he had been giving himself permission. He had been giving himself a way out, mm-hmm. even at the beginning of this course that he was going to start. He was doing some sort of a consulting thing. And he it just hit him like a ton of bricks that he's been doing this forever, but he admitted it out loud and it made a huge difference for him because then all of a sudden he could go, wait a second, let me shift my behavior and move more towards a growth mindset. Because just because you may have a fixed mindset in a certain area doesn't mean you can't grow it later in that same area. So growth is the idea that if I fail in a, in a test or if I fail on this phone call, what did I learn from it? Let me write some things down or let me, let me reflect on what I learned. Mm-hmm. And there, I actually walk people through a process on how to do that. But that's, that's the difference between the two. And ultimately, if you don't have a growth mindset, life is not nearly as enjoyable right. <laughs> because right. everything's a struggle then. Yes. So, Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I use slightly different words, but I think we mean the same thing. I, I used a fixed mindset as well, but also I use abundance mindset versus yeah. a, a growth mindset. And, and the difference there, you know, I'm in the leadership space, right? And so if I were of a fixed mindset, uh, then I would believe that there's only so many clients out there for, for leadership development and so forth. And so uh, I would be kind of hoarding that market and not sharing it with anyone or, or not sharing leadership content from other people with my audience, for instance, because I've got a, a fixed mindset. You know, all the ideas around leadership need to come from me. Otherwise, my audience won't view me and appreciate me and trust me and that kind of thing. Whereas an abundance mindset says, look, there's lots of leadership content out there and it's all good and it's all great. And sharing it with as many people as we possibly can um, is a good thing. And so I, I'm same as you, I, I, I teach you, you got to have this abundance mindset. It, and I think you said it very, very well. The fixed mindset, it's it's not a really happy place uh, mm-hmm. to be because you it's almost a fear-based place to be always right and there's certain personalities that kind of uh get to that fixed mindset easier than others Mm -hmm. one of the things that i do with with my clients and talk about a lot is personalities and i use disc profile and something else called motivators and the folks that are more of the conscientious steady styles they have a bit of a struggle because they get to that analysis paralysis part and that's where they get fixed. They get mm-hmm. focused on the one thing. Yeah. They research it forever and then they don't move forward. Not, not all of them by any means. I'm not trying to generalize here too much, but there is that, that piece of it. Yeah. And what you were saying too reminded me of the empowerment part where yeah. if, if I'm sharing my content and I'm also sharing other people's content on that front when I'm working with other people in that way, that's empowerment for them. 
mm-hmm. right? The idea with empowerment and sage is, is that you are empowered to empower. That's the first piece, piece of it. Because if I don't recognize that I'm actually empowered to empower, then I'm, I won't be looking for it. We have to be looking for opportunities to empower other people, whether it's your child or it's somebody you hardly know at all. And then everything in between, there's opportunities all over the place to empower other people. And some of the key ways are getting the heck out of the way. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way. I, I tell a story about how my daughter, when she was six, she was learning how to make peanut butter and jelly. And what I did was I gave her the tools and I helped her through it. But ultimately for her to make her own sandwiches and now make sandwiches for her sisters, I had to get out of the way. I had to trust her with a knife. I had to trust her with putting things away and cleaning up and all that. And eventually she did. And the same is obviously true in much higher stakes situation with businesses and and relationships. And so it is a, it is a process to get there, but it's really important to be looking for opportunities and recognize that you, you can and should do it. You should and should empower people. And it's really enjoyable when you do it because you get to see the fruit of what's happening yeah. with with them and, and the labor they get to do as a result. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And, you know, in, in the space of leadership, uh, uh, I think uh, a lot of leaders miss this empowerment piece of leadership. Uh, I don't remember who said it first, but I quote it often. I need to go and, and find out who to properly attribute this to. But the saying goes like this, leaders don't produce followers. Leaders produce other leaders. Uh, and, and that relates to the empowerment piece that you're talking about. You, you must, um, you must empower other people to, to lead as well. That That's what leaders do. They create other leaders. They're not, uh, again, to go back to that, uh, fixed mindset, uh, and that lack of empowerment, uh, some leaders feel like, well, leadership is all about, you know, command and control. And, and you know, I just bark out the orders and you go do them. Um, but that's not leadership because again, all that's doing is producing followers. Whereas true leaders, they produce other leaders. They empower other people, uh, through delegation. Uh, but then to the point you were making, you know, you got to extend some trust. You're, you're trusting your daughter with a, with a knife and, and things like that. That's definitely a part of leadership empowerment for sure. So I certainly appreciate that aspect of your formula there. Um, Ultimately, when when we approach leadership from a sage approach, the hope is that you're constantly cycling through it, right? You get to more self-awareness, you get to greater accountability, you get to greater growth, you get to greater empowerment, but it, it kind of has a destination. I was thinking about this the other day. What is the destination of a sage leader? Mm-hmm. What, do, what do leaders want? And maybe not every single leader wants this, but this is what I arrived at at this point. I'm doing a lot of research. Every, every episode that I interview someone on, I use that content and I'm putting that content into a book and I'm doing separate interviews with people. So I'm trying to really establish this as a framework that makes sense especially for solopreneurs and really small business owners, because they, they are, the buck stops with them. Mm -hmm. If, if the small business owner doesn't continue growing, their business isn't going to continue growing because it's really up to them. But what I've come to the conclusion is that great leaders, sage leaders want influence, impact, and a legacy to leave behind. And so if, if you live a sage life, if you live a sage or you work as a sage leader, then you're going to have a great influence. Mm-hmm. It's just going to happen. And, and Ma- Maxwell says, John Maxwell says, leadership is, is influence, nothing more, nothing less, or right. something to that effect. He, yes. But once you have influence, 
what are you doing with it? And that's where I believe the impact comes in, where you're empowering, where you're helping people with accountability and they're growing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when, when all is said and done, what's the legacy that you're leaving in the moment? And what's the legacy that you leave when you're gone? Yeah. And I don't mean money and I don't mean fame. What I mean is really take it backward, impact and influence. Mm-hmm. Is that the legacy you're helping other people have? Is that the legacy that you're leaving the impact that you want on your customers, on your family, et cetera? And it, when, when that kind of clicked in for me, it, it kind of brought it around kind of full circle because it gives Sage Mindset a purpose for what you're going toward. And uh, it made it, it yeah, it just kind of concluded things for me to a certain degree. Right. No, no, I totally agree with that. And I love the influence and the impact and the legacy uh, because I, re- you know, as it relates to leadership, again, that's, I, you mentioned it in the context of small business owners. I want that in the hearts and minds of leaders, whether they're right. in, you know, huge corporations or small businesses, as you alluded to leadership. Yeah. It's about that. The, the influence as, as John Maxwell says, but then you're in leadership for the impact that you can can make in people's lives. You you mentioned, uh, I think it was about empowerment, just the uh, the excitement of of empowering someone else and then watching them succeed in that. And to me, it, from a leadership standpoint, that's what spins my wheels. That's what energizes me when I see someone else win, and I know I had some element of support or coaching or whatever in that success that they're having. And so it's that impact that you want to have on their life and then impact over impact over impact. Then you begin to create a legacy, right? You know, that, that's uh, with this impact that in people's lives. Well, I wanted to go back to the beginning of your formula, the, the self-awareness, the S part of Sage. And, and I want to kind of to hold this for, for last, I think, because I understand a little bit about your approach to this self-awareness, but I wanted you to kind of describe how do you work with your clients in the area of self-awareness? Yeah, what I do is it's kind of an interesting way that I explain it, but basically people take an assessment and it gives them objective information from a subjective viewpoint. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what I'm saying here is someone takes an assessment and they answer honestly their perspective on their behaviors and their thinking patterns. But then the data spits out objective information that then I can speak to because I can interpret it and help them understand what it means. So what this does is it gives you a third party perspective, let's say, on your own personality mm-hmm. and your own strengths, weaknesses, your limitations, stressors, etc. Mm-hmm. And this is really, really powerful for people. I've had people come back to me and talk to me, send me emails, talk to me on the phone about how just a couple things that were discovered in those conversations has totally changed the way they've done their business because mm-hmm. all of a sudden they realized, oh, I think in this way, that's why I think this way. Right. So some, some people have this combination of they're really uh, they're, they're risk takers and they think outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And so I explained to them that most of the time they're driving down the freeway and they see 15 lanes of traffic, but other people can only see three. And so when they're trying to explain ideas and things to other people, it's very confusing because it's so off track. Mm-hmm. But once they, once they realize that they see 15 lanes and other people don't, then they can be more patient with explaining things. Then they can yeah. realize why people aren't connecting with them. And that's just one of many examples. Mm-hmm. But that's a, one of the big pieces of the self-awareness. Uh, and as you dive further and further into it, you get into emotional intelligence and, and so forth. Yeah. And I think if I'm correct, you use the DISC assessment as a part of that objective 
uh, feedback to people yeah. on their behaviors, their personality, that type of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the disc assessment. I think you and I talked about this before, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it because of how simple it is. It's, right. You know, you're a D and I, S or a C, but also then in the power of that objective feedback that you talked about, you know, this, this revelation that of self-awareness, um, I really love that for leaders because it's important that we recognize our own personality types and traits and behaviors so that we can better lead. Um, you know, I, I tend to be an S. Uh, at one time, I was a, a, a pretty high D, um, and but I didn't understand how why people didn't understand or get me right. I, I was I was I was viewed as always frustrated or angry or impatient, and it was just because you know as a D, I, I thought in bullet list, right? Do this, do that, do this, uh, and therefore I communicated in that way, uh, and I was totally misunderstood. Um, you know, by those I was trying to lead. And I think that's so important for leaders is that you have this self-awareness so that, you know, at times, yeah, you alter the way you communicate as a leader. Uh, so it's so yeah. important. I mean, and that brings me to, I, while you were talking, I wrote down a quick note so I wouldn't forget, but the, the idea is, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Tony Alessandro or not, but mm -hmm. he wrote, he wrote the, I think it's the platinum rule for success or something like that. And he has a twist on the golden rule right. and he calls it the platinum rule, which is to treat others the way they want to be treated. Right. And that's, that's what you're referring to is that communication adaptation. And I was working with this client. I, I walked her through the assessment, walked her through her results, and it really helped her with her husband because her husband's an SC and he's he's really dialed into the details and researches forever. He took months to research a refrigerator filter. I mean, he's <laughs> just I mean, very serious about his research. Right. Um, but she got on the phone with with a rep from a, a large company. I'll just say that, and she's an event planner, mm -hmm. and so. As a result of the one conversation she had with on the, him on the phone, she realized that he was a dominant style. Mm -hmm. And so she shifted her communication from all these details and whatnot to anything, anytime he wanted something from her, he got it, she got it as quickly as possible. Right. She made things very brief and was very concise and clear. She won a six-figure contract because of that. Mm -hmm. and, and there was a lot of competition for it. And, and it just clicked for her. And it was really neat to see those insights for both her workplace and her kids and her husband. Yeah. So this self-awareness piece is ginormous <laughs> to use a fake word here. Yes. Yes. And it is the foundation of Sage because if you're not self-aware of where your accountability is, where your growth is, or where your empowerment is, then you can't move through the rest of that cycle. Mm -hmm. But if you bump up a little bit in your self-awareness, then everything else can follow. Yeah. And then you just keep on repeating that cycle. Yep. And again, it's those little mindset shifts and those little behavioral shifts that make that biggest difference. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun. I mean, it's, it's actually very enjoyable when you get to know yourself better because you understand your quirks. Mm -hmm. And because we're all human, those quirks fit with other people or they're the opposite of other people. But either way, you're learning about the personalities yeah. of other people. Yeah. So, so very important. I, I totally agree with you in that, that, that first self-awareness, I need to know myself, um, but then as a leader to the point you were making with the platinum rule, I must 
get to know those that I'm leading as well. Those on my team, I must get to know them better. Um, my audience knows that I, I always, I often teach the the golden rule. Also, treat others the way you would want to be treated. But I, but I, I teach that as a you know, as a, as a default to fall back on, if you don't understand that individual well enough to know exactly how they would want to be treated mm-hmm. in that situation. I believe in the platinum rule, but I also believe there's sometimes it's a utopia that's unattainable. Maybe I don't have a, a close enough relationship with that team member to know exactly how they would want to be treated. And therefore I can just fall back on, well, how would I want to be treated in this situation? Uh, but so critical that the point you're making around as leaders, we got to be self-aware. That's the starting place. Then we get, we got to move to understanding our team members better as well. So that to the point you were making so that I can communicate with them better so that I can lead them better so that I can support them better. Um, I teach that in, in, in team building in, in my team building workshops. I, I teach the fact that you, you, you have to know the personality types of, of all your other team members. Um, I teach it in communication. Uh, in fact, what I advise leaders to do, especially the leaders of large teams, when you're communicating, communicate in different ways. And as you're communicating in different ways, keep the D, the I, the S and the C's in mind, right? Right. You, you know, an email communication is perfect for a D just throw a couple of bullet points in there. Right. Um, an all hands meeting where you're given a speech that's perfect for an S and a C tell some stories while you're, while you're talking to those individuals. Uh, so, so important to know the rest of your team. So thank you so much for, for covering that. Um, and your sage mindset. I want to, I want to kind of also let for our audience, I want to know, I want to let them know a little bit more about Kyle Gillette as well. So if you would just you, your background, your story, that kind of thing. Yeah. So like I said previously, I grew up on a, on a farm in the central Valley of California. My dad's an orange farmer, um, generational thing. Uh, he, what was interesting is it's kind of a generational thing. So his, his, his grandpa and my grandfather farmed as well, but my dad's the one that started the business that is the family business. And I found that out about two, three years ago, and it totally changed my perspective mm-hmm. because I realized that my dad's a rock star because like he, because I thought he joined something. It's not nothing wrong with joining something, right. but when he started it, my sister was two and I was, I was not born yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm like a couple months away from being born. My sister's two. They just bought this house and he's starting this brand new business, which is freaking crazy. Right. right so right. there's this entrepreneur blood in me, yeah. but also it just gives me this, this mentality of grit and this work ethic. And, and it, it was really a fascinating conversation to have with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I think that those types of conversations are really important to know where you come from and what, what your roots are, because it really helps you to to understand yourself. What, why it is you have these certain quirks and, and why maybe you're adverse to certain things, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so I grew up there and then I went to Cal Poly. Uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that school, but it's a school on the coast of California. Mm -hmm. And um, that is claimed to be the happiest city in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's like averages 75 degrees. It has surfing, it has dirt biking, it has mountain biking. And, and it's, it was amazing. It was, it was some really great years. I lived there for 12 years. Yeah. The weather alone, I think could probably win it that title. Oh man, it was, it was wonderful. But during, during that time, I, I mentioned the, the men's mentoring program I was a part of, but I also worked at a pet resort there. So I worked for about four years in a pet resort. And that was, that was when I really got exposed to managing. I had 20 different employees, not well, 20 at the same time that I was leading mm-hmm. and, um, managing dogs is a different thing than, than managing a product or a service. Right. I mean, this is the, this is the child of these, these people. And, and many yeah. of the customers admitted that they took better care of their dog than they did of their kid. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. So that was a fun journey because a lot of the guys that, that lived in the, oh no, all the guys that lived in the program had to take care of the dogs and a lot of them didn't have any work experience. Mm. And so it was taking someone that was completely green and helping them to take care of a living animal mm-hmm. and the, the risk there is obvious. Right. So that was, that was a fun experience to help those guys learn what, what it is to, to have a life skill, which is called doing work. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, so that, that was the journey there and then headed up to the Pacific Northwest. But my, I guess to really kind of give a good picture of who I am, uh, I, I really, I love sports. I love the outdoors. I love enjoying doing things with my family in that respect. I'm a racquetball player. Uh, I'm a runner. I'm a, a biker. I do all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, just lots of, lots of activities that, that keep you healthy, keep you in, in shape. So my, my previous business I mentioned briefly was a personal training business. Mm-hmm. And so I've always carried that forward because that's what, what I went to school with, but that's kind of a little bit of a summary of, of yeah. who I am. Yeah. And, and I think um, if um, if the images on your your website are accurate, you've got a beautiful family there. It looks like three beautiful daughters. Is that right? Yep, three, six, and eight. Oh, so this wow. is a this wow. is a journey right now for yeah, us. I, I'm sure it is. I mean, I, I have three as well, but I had the luxury of having two boys mixed into that. Um, uh-huh. You're completely outnumbered. Uh, their uh, male to female ratio is is way out of balance. So I can imagine life in your home is a struggle sometimes for you. Well, and we decided to get a female dog too. So, you know, <laughs> we're just going to go all in, all in. Apparently you are, yes. Apparently yeah, are. but it teaches you compassion. You know, having kids in general does, but especially having three, quote, princesses. Yes, uh, yes. They're not always princesses, but um, yes. it does teach you compassion and, and a whole other level things. of... Yeah, I mean, a whole other level of self-awareness, too, because yeah. the reasons that you get frustrated are the, some of the stupidest reasons ever. <laughs> totally, <laughs> so. yes. Uh, yeah, you and I could, could swap dad stories forever, probably, related, yeah, yep. related to that, uh, for sure. Well, well, Kyle, give my audience a little bit of, of a view into what you're doing with Gillette Solutions and... Um, you know, some of your, some of your clients, what, what kind of audience you have there and, and that type of thing. Yeah. So Gillette Solutions is the name of my business and I primarily work with solopreneurs and smaller businesses. And what I found with the solopreneurs is I work really well with the creative types. Uh, you can, whether it's a creative business or not, isn't relevant. It's more that the, the business owner is creative. And the reason I work well with them is 
they typically think in the clouds. They think way up there and they have amazing ideas and they have all kinds of options, but they have a little bit more difficult time being grounded. Well, for me, I'm the opposite. I'm very grounded. I'm very practical, but I have the ability to take their ideas and turn them into actionable systems and processes so that they can actually put the idea to work, put the idea to use, take it to market, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's one of the core groups that I work with. I do it through personal coaching, consulting, and then I have a course that I take people through as well, which is that Sage Mindset course. And I also have a, a productivity course and then a personality course. So I'm trying to touch on all the elements of what lots of small business owners struggle with, which is time management and kind of understanding themselves and others at a deeper level. And then ultimately I wrapped it up into the Sage course, which, which has a, a vision element, it has a values element, some goal elements to it. Uh, so Gillette Solutions is about the courses. It's about the coaching as well. And I've been doing it for a few years now, but I've been coaching for about 15. Mm -hmm. Just, I went quote pro about two years ago. Right. And yep. You know, I got a taste of this and especially when I was working in HR, I did about a hundred profiles of people's personalities and that opened the door for me for this as a possibility. Yeah. And I went, oh my goodness, I'm never turning back. This is it. This right. is my thing and yes. I, I'm never turning back. And it's been, it's been amazing. I mean, it's work, it's hard work, but it's been amazing. I can, uh, again, I mean, from, from farming all the way to this, uh, uh hard work with, in a side gig and, and creating your own business, I can totally empathize, uh, with you. And again, uh, it feels like we have a lot in common there and I'm going to put uh, a link to GilletteSolutions.com in the show notes for, uh, today's podcast. But, uh, aside from your website, is there another, uh, form uh, of uh, connection that you'd like the audience to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on all the social media channels uh, at Gillette Solutions is, is the username. Also, I have a Facebook page, which is going to be Facebook and then Gillette Solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, but really what I would love is if, if you want to know more about what I'm doing and get in contact with me, there's two ways you can reach out via email, kyle at GilletteSolutions.com, and then go ahead and take a listen to the Sage uh, Mindset Podcast, and that's on all the regular channels. And you'll get to learn a lot more about what Sage is, and then also a ton of different interviews from other folks. But I just love to connect with folks and see what's going on with them and see how we can network together and, and where it goes from there. Excellent. And and again, in the show notes, I'll have that email and, and links to your podcast and all that as well uh, so that our audience can can do everything they can to, to reach out to you. So Kyle, thanks so much uh, for sharing your, your time with me. As I said in the beginning, I know you're in the midst of a, a, a move. Uh, you do have a job and, and so you're a busy person. So I really appreciate you sharing your time with me and, and our audience today. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Okay, there you have it, folks. My interview with Kyle Gillette. I really love what Kyle is doing over at Gillette Solutions and with his mind, uh, Sage Mindset podcast. So again, encourage you to connect with him, to check him out. Uh, you can find links to everything that he's doing over at uh, the show notes for today's podcast. So head over to CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 028 for today's show notes. CredibleLeaders.com forward slash 028 as in episode 28. You'll find show notes as well as the links to connect with Kyle and everything that he's doing over at uh, Gillette Solutions. So be sure you visit him and connect with him. Before I do let you go, let me remind you again, today's sponsor 
uh, for this episode is CredibleTeams.com. Be sure you head over to CredibleTeams.com so that you can take our short quiz, 12-question quiz. It will help you identify the enemy that is destroying your teamwork. After it identifies the enemy that's destroying your teamwork, it'll give you specific feedback, specific input on ways that you can begin to eliminate those enemies such that you can begin to build the teamwork that you need. Again, I'll tell you this. Teamwork is your only true competitive advantage. Everybody else out there is solving similar problems in similar ways, producing similar products, and serving customers in similar ways. How effective your team can do those things is the only advantage you have over your competitors. So head over to CredibleTeams.com, take the quiz, and begin the process of building the teamwork that you need to beat your competitors. Do that today. Hey, thanks again so much for tuning in, for listening into the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Kyle Gillette. I hope it was valuable to you. And until we speak again, be blessed and lead well. of the Rookie Leaders Podcast has ended. But never fear. You can find other binge-worthy podcast episodes at rookieleaders.com. If you liked this episode, please rate and write a review in iTunes. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. And remember to share this episode with your friends and colleagues looking for leadership lessons of their own. We appreciate your support. For more great leadership content, head over to credibleleaders.com.